What's up, Marlboro Softball? Scott Seidenberg here. Another episode of Marlboro Softball Talk, but we're going old school, podcast style. That's right, back to the roots of this being a podcast. Couldn't do the video here on Friday night, so instead we do it in straight podcast form. So if you're listening on your phone, in your car, on the computer, on Facebook, however you're listening, uh, thanks for tuning us in. And uh, hopefully we entertain you, and I think we will because i got a fun guest for tonight's episode, and he is my captain, Cowboy Mike Furries. Cowboy Mike, first off, uh, how did it feel to lose to your adopted children in the bomb and blitz last weekend? Yeah. I mean, I love those two, but they they had a great series. They had a great series, and we had a very weak series. So that's that's really that's really all I could say. You know, if, if you don't hit against those guys, I, I don't I don't feel like uh, when you, when you talk about that team, I don't think it's an overwhelming lineup. I think draft day, I thought that was a that was a great looking team and a great draft by Steinberg to start off his uh, captain career. Uh, however, I don't I, like you don't have like the chase in there who's going to like blast home runs. And, and, you know, it's just every guy chipped in the, you know, as we were just saying before, their their middle really like made the difference. Danny DeFidel, as you said, you know, it was like four for four. He that guy. Field. Can I just say that guy is an animal. All right. First yeah. of all, he went four for four, drove in like six runs and he's raking the batter's box in between innings. I mean, what a yeah. guy. Way nicer than any of the assholes on our team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but their middle though, like middle infield, I mean, between Richie and Eric, they make yeah. they make the biggest difference. They turned two massive double plays against us. One, the first part was that Eric took away hits on both of the double plays, took yeah. away RBI singles, and not just took away RBI singles, but then him and Richie turned them into inning-ending double plays. That yeah. just changed the entire outlook of that game. So and, I, and I think that that at, separates yeah. them from from these well, other teams. And to look at that roster and to think, you know, when when they when the draft was done, I'm looking at that team thinking you got that great middle infield, and then you have Evan playing third. He wasn't even playing third; he was playing first. So and then uh, Danny Diffidel filled in nicely at third. But then you, with Evan at first, you have you have like a phenomenal infield, like from corner to corner. So. I think that gets in your head. Also, swim club gets in your head because the infield seems it's a big infield, but they cover most of it. And, you know, they, they just they just outplayed. They outplayed us. So we kind of outplayed ourselves. We made some silly errors. We didn't hit. Um, you know, we didn't we didn't get too much help from the ump. No offense. But, uh, well, I mean, I got to learn how to hit. I mean, that's what the umpire said. Right. I have to learn. Yes, how, I have to learn how to hit. Tell you, had to, you had to learn how to hit. I have to learn how to hit. Yes. And, and, and I will take comments. I will take those lessons, though. That's I'm very thankful that an umpire was able to tell me that I have to learn how to hit. So <laughs> where, where was where where was he when I was in Little League? Yeah, like, I would. You yes. Could be looking at a one right now. Yes, I would. I will take those. I will take that advice. From the umpire, and I will learn how to hit. That's exactly yeah. what I will do. And okay. then he and then he said, "Turn off the cameras." Which usually, when you hear "turn off the camera," someone's getting shot. Like, it's going to be a candlelight vigil within the next week. Oh, it's so bad. Uh, well, speaking of swim club, I think it plays into Steinberg's strength, and I think Pollock, who has an incredible defense of his own, is going to be in for it here against this uh, Steinberg team. But 
as we talk about Steinberg's defense, Pollock has it as well up the middle yes. with Paladino and Martino. Martino, arguably the best shortstop defensively in this league. So I feel like this game or this series at the swim club could be a low-scoring series, and it's going to uh, come yes. down to which team just makes that key hit because I don't think either team is going to make defensive mistakes. Yeah, I think uh, when you look at these two teams, and you know, you know, this is, you know, for me, it's you know, my devotion to the Pollocks who brought me into the league, and then you know, my de- devotion to my two foster kids on the bomb blitz. You, I think this is a three-game series with three tight games. I mean, the, the outfield like Jurassic Jir- Strong, Goddard's great in right center. Uh, Mitch is great in the outfield. Joe Perigine, he goes as a one every year, and it's been for so long that it kind of loses its luster. Like in the draft, like, oh, they got Perigine. Well, big wolf. He's a phenomenal outfielder mm-hmm. and had a phenomenal year offensively. Martino is is hands down the best shortstop in this whole league. But I think the combo of Eric and Richie, like Eric is obviously a phenomenal shortstop, but him and Richie combined – and you even guys, if you have fast guys like running at first, it still doesn't matter because they turn that so quick and they have such, both of them have such strong arms. I think you're looking at a very, very close series. That's, that series is not done tomorrow. I would, yeah, I, I would Saturday, agree with that. Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. yeah, I, I would agree with that. Saturday, 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 <laughs> so, you, yeah, you're looking at very, I, and I think it's going to come down to, I mean, I think the, the, the bottoms of each team, I think uh, Steinberg has the advantage. And when you look at that lineup top to bottom, I think their bottom is more likely to wrap around to the top than Pollock. So it's going to really be up to the top. The Pollock bats early on, see what they could do. Yeah, I think I'd give the offense advantage to Pollock. I'd give the defense advantage to Steinberg. But yeah. um, they're very, very close, both of these teams. But you know what? I think last time they played, I think Pollock might have blown them out. Uh, yeah, they did. They did. I think that was very early in the year. I I will say, and and this is uh, so, Matt Pollock has come into his own as a pitcher. It's not, you know, he's no longer just – if we can't get a pitcher, I'll just pitch. Yeah. Like he knows, he knows what he's doing. But I do think whoever's the umpire for that game is going to make a difference. Honestly, we went in. This is no, you know, uh, you know, this is not a a, a diss to uh, Fox, but I think if we face them a different day with a different umpire who's who's more rigid with, uh, you know, flat, not bailing somebody out on three one. Yes, yes. So I, I, I think, you know, if they let him go deep into counts, I think there's a chance that he's going to walk some guys, especially if yeah. flat pitches are called. So that's going to that's gonna come into play, especially if, if he walks some of the Pollock bottom guys and they have like a Perugine or a, uh, you know, uh, Josh uh, Schwag, you know, run form or, and more Perugine run form. That can really make a difference. So it's it's really depending on those pitchers. Both have to put on great performances. Twenty six to eight was the score. Pollock defeated Steinberg on August twelfth yeah. at Municipal. I mean, but we beat we beat, we both beat Pollock. Teams, yeah. So. <laughs> oh yeah, we did. We both them in the regular season. So who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say what's what's good about this season for like a, I guess like a purist is when you look at the the semifinals right now, you have like the four four top teams in the league in it. 
Mm-hmm. So like other years where it's like, oh, who's in the championship? Oh, this team that was, uh, you know, eight and 14 and 11 and 11 people are like, oh, how'd they even get here? And that's kind of the beauty of this league. But also when you look at a series like this, it's like, oh, you got the teams with the four best records are in there. So, yeah, well, with the, I mean, woman's not woman lost, but that's... I, w- I, w- I will. I will say when it comes down to it, woman and Marone, I think. When all said and done, if, if this was a longer season, honestly, I think those are the two best teams. And the fact that those two played each other last week, yeah, uh, this this year, I have to say there was there was no other game. Those two games when we played against Wal- both of them, I guess Wednesday nights, both of them losses for us. But by the third inning, like you don't want to admit it, and you still say, "Come on, guys, we could do this, we could do this." But by like the third inning in both of those games, I'm like. I don't. There's too much to overcome with these two teams. I felt the same way playing against both of them, and those I honestly think were the only two teams this year that, like, during, like you mentioned, like during the game, but even before the game and after the game, I said they are they're better than us. Like that is yeah, a, that like, that like is a better team. GP and you're like that guy can hit. Who is yeah. he? Oh, he's there. He's there. Ten. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Those oh, are yeah. Those are the two. He can hit. Yeah. Shit. Who's our eight? Me. Fuck. And all due respect to Harris. I mean, we lost to them in the regular season too. And my takeaway from them was that they're the nicest team in the league. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's just such a such a great group of guys. You just can't root against them. But yeah. I didn't feel like yeah, like oh, who's here, Callow? Uh, yeah. Ah, uh, such Callow. a uh, what a nice guy. You know. Like, oh, yeah. Austin Silverberg like, yeah. said hello. Yeah. Hey, what's up, kiddo? But I didn't come away thinking like, oh, this team is like so difficult. I think what separates them is just Polzer's ability on the mound. He doesn't walk guys. He hits the plate every single time. And for some reason, people have a hard time hitting that funky backspin of his. Yeah. And the, and the thing about Polzer, too, uh, and I guess we'll talk about that series in a second, but but I think Martino pulled We're talking about it now, Mike. About We're talking about these two teams yeah. now. No, oh, this isn't like a, a series. No. This 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 show. We're not gonna come back and have a weekly installments. <laughs> but uh <laughs> well um, I don't have corona, but um what was I gonna say? Oh, like last week Martino, who normally doesn't hit it over the fence, like put a home like hit a home run. So it's all and I remember a few years back, Polzer, who never puts it over the fence, but they needed him to, just put it over the fence. So it kind of shows like oh like Polzer and Martino, something big can happen if, like, almost like if they want them to, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. So, but yeah. So, if we're talking about the Steinberg Pollock series, I th- it's it's going to be a nail biter till the end. But it's going to be it's going to be three games. If we're talking about Harris and Marone, do you if- think do you think that it was wise? I mean, Harris picked Union Hill, um, and I get it. He does have some pop at Union Hill. But I think it favors Marone. Marone's got much more pop at Union Hill. Well, I think you yeah, I think like Callow has been hitting home runs for years, but he's also a very patient, smart hitter. And he's not gonna chase garbage pitches like if they're trying to throw around him, which Pulser has the ability to try to throw around him. So I mean, he might not get that You mean you know, Marone pitch. Uh, Marone. Who am I talking about? Oh, yeah. Marone is smart enough that he's not going to, um, what you call it, like put Callow in a position where he's going to hit a home run. Mm-hmm. So if he if he pitches around him, uh, looks like Doc Silverberg is going more for like you know, you know, just to get on base. So I don't know if they have those home runs. I mean, Polzer can put it out. 
Who knows if he does it this week? But I I think when you look at those two lineups, there's so many guys in the Maroon lineup that can do damage. I mean, Jared Goldberg killed us when we yeah. played him. He's the, he's there for. You know, you have guys later in the lineup. What's his name? Uh, you know, Klein's a great hitter. Mm-hmm. Randell has been mm-hmm. a 500 hitter forever, and he's what there nine, eight, nine. Yeah, I think Klein is the eight. Uh, Randell is the nine. So there's guys throughout that their bottom can easily score runs and wrap around back to the top. And the, the top, Blackburns. the top is this. between the Blackburns and Amadeo. They're so fast at the top of the lineup. They will yeah. be aggressive and take the extra base. Um, it's it's one of the advantages of having you know a combo like the Blackburns at the top of your lineup is because and, singles, yeah, singles uh, or doubles, and you score from first on base hits. Yeah, and Amadeo's a, a great fielder, and he, you know, I guess what was last year, a couple years ago was his rookie year, but he looks like he's really coming into his own. You know, he's mm-hmm. the one that looks like a Badger from uh, yes. Breaking Bad. You know, <laughs> but. <laughs> But I mean, the top of that, like you know, Glenn really lucky when you when you pick rookies that early. But the Blackburns have paid off dividends, and I think a lot of people are assuming they're going to go one two. Yes. Next next year. Yes. The Harris lineup, I don't feel is as deep. I think you're looking at a big offensive battle between those two, whereas the Pollock uh, Steinberg series is more defensive. I would not be surprised, and no offense to Bobby, I would not be surprised if. Marone sweeps on Sunday. Um, I, I think they, I think they have the edge throughout. Uh, I felt that Marone was the best team uh, all year after playing them. Just like you said, it was Marone and it was Wallman as the top two teams. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I feel like I don't know if I did on a podcast, but maybe I did earlier that I picked Marone to win the whole thing like earlier in the year. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll stick with it now based off these four. I think they're. I picked. I, I picked Marone. I think my second choice after the draft was Lapine. Yeah, but uh, what about them? I th- yeah, you were wrong. You're wrong on a lot of things, though. <laughs> I think though, if you're asking me which of these four teams I think has the best chance to win it all, I think Marone does because I think they have the easier. Not that not that any of these games are easier, but I think they have the the, the lighter semifinal matchup. Whereas I think Pollock Steinberg is an absolute dogfight coin flip. Yeah, definitely. And no disrespect to Harris. Bobby's been great. You know, he, he coached he's, that yeah, team he's, well. He's having a great year. Very he's, good you know, team. He's seems very far for a long time. Yeah. Um, but I think I think that's that's a lot to overcome. When we faced Marone, it was when we faced uh Harris, I mean they were missing Callow, but it it wasn't a blowout. I think it was like nine to three. No, it was that Polzer just limited he didn't walk anybody and, and you know, he limited and I prob- and I probably did. And <laughs> you always do. I always yeah. say your strength as a pitcher is that the, no one knows where the ball's going. Not even you. So, yeah. <laughs> so the batter they can take pitches, but there's going to be a pitch that's going to hit the plate, and then it's two strikes, and then everyone just got to swing at two strikes, and you know you're not getting a good pitch because no pitch from you is good. So you're just forced <laughs> to swing at bad pitches, and I think that that's what makes you a good pitcher is that no one knows where the well, ball's going. There's, there's been a couple people who said they hate facing me because they just don't know what's going to happen. Like, it's going to be like close to flat or it's going to be close to high. There's going to be one throwaway pitch. The 3-1 is going to be a strike. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, do I swing and shit and then see what happens? You're the best 3-1 pitcher in the league, bro. I swear. Hey. No one throws more 3-1 strikes because no one gets to as many 3-1 counts as you do. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
I have the highest. I have the highest pitch count in the league. I want that. Uh, I don't know where that's in league leaders. Like who threw the most pitches? You know, that would be a really interesting stat to keep. Is yeah, is pitch an count. embarrassing one? Yeah. Well, we can't really keep track of ERA because everyone lies anyway. Yeah. Well, hey, it was a fun season. Um, you know, it yeah. stinks. Uh, don't think you're gonna be able to draft the team that you had anymore. Um, yeah, but I it happens think, uh, every single year. You know, I- yeah, well, I mean, Chase was like, oh, try to get us next year. I don't think he, you know, I don't know if he realizes this, but he's going to be a top half. of. The, I got, I was the 17th pick and the 18th uh, team was, was by Kofsky. So he was really the, the last pick in the first round. So yeah, that, well, Bykovsky ma- made the trade for Pat. Um, and I think that if he doesn't make that trade, he probably takes Chase. But he made the trade for Pat Brock and then Chase fell to you. Yeah, no, I took Chase in the first. Yes. Bykovsky made the trade with Chef to get Pat Brock oh, right, right, in the right, first right. round. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, so that's, so then Chase Sandler felt to, it was DiNapoli, then Chase. And yeah. then at the end, it was Chef who took Ryan um, yeah. at the end there. But, um, I mean, there's other, obviously, like, look, Chase is, Chase is the, M- Chase is the MVP this year. Uh, yeah. If at the very worst, he's the offensive player of the year. Um, at the very yeah, worst, definitely his, his numbers, you know, I think at one point, Mitch Pollock, I, sh- I sh- shared my stats with him and he's like, it's unbelievable what his RBIs are. And this is a short season. And that was like midway through the season. He was already in like the thirties. The yeah. Um, so he just brings, he's also, it's very impressive. A kid that's his, you know, 21 that can put it out. Like I imagine most 21 year olds that could put the ball out are looking to hit home runs every time. Mm-hmm. He not only takes pitches and plays smart, but there was even a time they were playing so deep on him. He deliberately took this like half-ass swing. It's like check just, swing, yeah. Yeah, and just blooped one, you know, for a single because that, that's what we needed. So that's what he did. So I see him going, you know, obviously first half of the draft. I think, I think if some people are concerned, like, oh, he plays second, you know, he's not. No, like I think he'll, he'll play the outfield next year. Someone's going to draft him early and put him in the outfield. Yeah. And I think Dunleavy is going to end up going probably late one. So the, 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 I, I would agree with that. But the only thing that gives me hesitation is just because of how much talent there is in the league and how much is is like coming in. So, like, yeah. if you think about it, like how many De- more friends could DeMarco have? Yeah, like like DeMarco's a one. The Bomb and Blitz are a one. You know, Pastors a one. The Blackburns are a one. Um, yeah. You know, you have Perigene, the Tyrannos. Um, you got Sandler, of course. Uh, Fradkin's a one. If Paglio returns next year, he's going to be a one, right? Yeah, unless people are cautious about his health. But Okay, he's going to be a one. Um, there's only so many ones to go around. You know, Lugos, yeah. it, it, listen... If I could, there's so much talent. If guys well, like, think, if guys like Lugos, Lugos has, now has a second year, and guys have played with him, and guys enjoyed playing with him, and I think the, you know, the the rumors of him being, uh, you know, difficult to play with or whatever, I think there's a lot of te- a lot of captains that are going to be looking at him. A hundred percent. And just the time we pl- the time we played against them, actually we played them in the, the scrimmage too. Mm-hmm. Just his ability to just hit it wherever he wants. He's not looking to kill the ball and put it out there, but he'll get a hit every single time. Watch, yeah. When, when you watch the ba- the ball come off the bat for him, it seems like the hardest hits you've ever seen 
but they're just straight line drives mm-hmm. and they're dropping in. Yep. You know, it's it's not like a lofty like home run that that's cranked out of there. It's it's like flying past you. I don't know. It's, it's but um, the, I see a lot of t- I see a lot of teams willing yeah. to take him. So he's not going to go as a second round. No, anymore. and and like is Justin Brock coming back? Because then Justin and Pat are going to be a first round combo. Um, you know, Bykovsky is probably going to be like a two maybe next year. Yeah. It's it's dude. There's a lot of talent in well, this league. When, when we played Justin Brock, uh, I guess he's been back for a couple of weeks. He's like, yeah, I just want to fill in. It's too much. It's too much. But when he's there, you you could tell he loves this shit. So it's it's of course. Like, it's like, yeah, you know, whatever. I'll come back. It's like, I said, though, I think he's the most valuable player in the league because he he knows everyone in the league. So he's got a scouting report on everybody. And he's a captain on the field. Not only is he a great fielder, yeah. but he will, before everybody gets up, he turns around and tells his team where to play defensively. Yeah, it's just incredible. Yeah, no, he's a he's a great player. He's also and he's a very smart player. And I see you saw that. I remember I remember the year like he played for younger and younger got hurt, and he was like you know almost like you know was running the team from the field. Um, but yeah, I well, which with Dunleavy wherever he goes, <laughs> I mean it's pretty upsetting that two years ago I had the Bomblets and Dunleavy as my three. Yeah, and we couldn't, we couldn't, we couldn't go all the way. It's a, it's a killer. It's, it's something like sometimes when you have a team and you know you got guys way later than they should go. It's like yeah. we have to monop- we have to monopolize on this now. I literally, not- I just, I just had this conversation with Bykovsky, uh recently because I was telling him how I had another conversation with the Toronto's, and I said, I said your rookie year last year was your chance yeah, to win it all because because there's never going to be a team because there's never going to be a team where you have Pat Brock, Justin Brock and the Toronto brothers. The four yeah. of you will never be together on a team ever again and you got to take advantage of that. And I was saying like my when when Bykowski, when I was with Bykowski a couple of years ago and we were 18 and 4 in the regular season and we lost in the first round of the playoffs like that we're, we're never going to be able to put that team together again. It was me, Bykovsky, yeah. Pole Guy, Jackson, um, uh, McElrath as a rookie was a five. Like, you're just never yeah. going to put that team together again. Yeah. And so and it's, it's, it's that, sad. That's the, that's the beauty of the draft because when you, when you draft a team and you realize you got all the guys where they go, you're like, eh, I guess, I'm able, I guess we'll be all right. The, like the the key is to just get guys way later to get those those bargain picks. Yes. So that that's that's true of Marone with with if Randell is you know bat five hundred but he's going to be a nine. You know you're you're nine or mm-hmm. Gary Klein looks really strong and he's he's there eight or yep. uh what's his face uh, Larocca pulled uh what's his name uh, Lombardi Nick Lombardi in the uh, oh that's his thirteen right. Mm-hmm. Yep, because he had a, he had a weak first year, but yet he you know he batted well and he's very uh, versatile defensively. So and you know, rookies, it's so important. Rookies, like you know, like look, you can hit and miss on a rookie. I think this year, I think um, we would agree that maybe Chef missed on his rookie pick. Uh, maybe Ryan should have gone a little later than not not a first yeah. round pick. And then Jacoby hits on his rookie pick with Juska as a five, who's more like a two yes. or three. So I, it's I, hit I or miss. Say in, in that series against Jacoby, he was the best player. Which, 
I, that was the one. I mean, and this is a team with Gernice, who's like, a, you know, mm-hmm. uh, has been hitting over 500 forever. Yep. Great yep. shortstop. But in that lineup, and then Klecko, you know, who's, mm-hmm. you know, grew up around friggin' Mark Astonoff, for Christ's sake. And <laughs> you have, and, and, but looking at that lineup, every time Just goes up, it was like, all right, he's going to get a hit. So, like, who's up next? That's yes. all I have to worry about. Because yep. he, j- and then I, I was like, how did you bat 400? He's like, oh, I was hurt for a little, you know, recovering mm-hmm. from a, you know, surgery or whatever, but look and, uh, and other guys too. Valentino's going to move up next year. He'll probably be a two guy that had 700 for Christ's sake. Uh, Tim George yeah. will move up. It's, um, it's all singles, but, you, but if you counter it with other guys that, that have pop, yep, yep. like you, like you on a team with a Valentino works just like for, you, you know, the past couple of years, just like me with Dunleavy. You, yeah. You and mm-hmm. Dunleavy yep. or with, or with Noel, you know, like guys that just get on, all right, I'm a, I'm a lock to get on base, to, you know. Well, that's why I had that's why I had 40 something RBIs last year. It was because Dunleavy got on base every time. And he was, there was always somebody on base in front of me. Yeah. You know, you have a 700 hitter in front of you, it's you're always going to get up with somebody on base. Why do you think Chase yeah. had so many RBIs yeah. this, this year? Yeah. Yeah. So you got screwed out of that. Yep, I did. <laughs> yeah, I still had like 30 something. So that was pretty good. Uh, all right, Mike. Well, this was fun. Um, I'd say I'd see you yeah. out at some of the fields on Sunday, but I know you're not getting your lazy ass out to the games. So, <laughs> good luck. Well, we'll see. I mean, we have we have we have the fall league, so we'll see what happens with that. All right, I'll see you on the field in the fall Wait. league. All right, all right. Take it easy. All right, later. There he is, Cowboy Mike Ferraris. See, I pronounced his name correctly for the final uh, time having him on the podcast, or maybe I'll have him on again. Who knows? Anyway, thanks for listening. We went old school style tonight, podcast style. So if you're listening on your phone, in your car, or on the computer, on Facebook, however, thank you for listening. Uh, Good luck to the four teams playing on Sunday and to everybody else in the Fall League. Good luck. I'll see you out at the fields and talk to you next time here on Marlboro Softball Talk.